You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take a 
to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a great weekend. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it has to get done, and it will get done because you'll get it done. That's right. That's right. It's a special day here. I'm going to forego the announcements. But this is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, 
you can go to the archives at timefornawakening.com. Timefornawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Okay? All right. Yeah, I'm going to go right into the Inye Say Some. Uh, we're dedicating this program today to the 50th anniversary of a masterpiece documentary because of what took place 50 years ago in Los Angeles. But actually, what really took place even longer than that, the, the, the riots that happened in 65 brought it to this. And then Stack Records came out to L.A. and put a concert on at the L.A. Coliseum. And then the documentary was being produced at the time and it aired in 1973, one year later. And it's dynamic. And I hope that you, as I mentioned before, you can go to uh, YouTube and buy it or you can rent it, to watch it, or you can go to Amazon, do the same thing. Because I've tried. I went to all the streaming stuff and Amazon Prime and everything and couldn't find it like that. So, But you can. All right. The N.Y. Say Sim, brothers and sisters of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Okay, we're going to read a couple of them. And then we're going to get off into uh, the beginning of Wattstack. The the beginning of the documentary. And uh, I'll I'll mention that in a second. August 18th. Confusion means you're getting ready to learn something. Evelyn Dudiemi. That's a good sister, her and her husband. They moved to... uh, Tanzania. They've been in Tanzania now for a few years, doing very well. That's right. They can move home, repatriate. It is said that when the student is ready, the master will appear. However, the master does not have to be a person or, or a book written by one. It can simply be life. And for thinkers, it usually is. Regardless of the readiness, the commencement of any lesson is found in honest, humble acknowledgement of ignorance. For earnest minds, ignorance brings a confusion which gives us insight into what we do not know but need to learn. For dishonest ones, learning is merely superficial, if that. Confusion, like clarity, is to be sought. Both enhance our thinking abilities. Confusion indicates the unknown, while clarity opens up our minds to grander possibilities in the realm of what is knowledgeable. Confusion creates questions and questions exercise our thinking muscles no less than the answers. When the worthy questions lead to meaningful answers, we experience something positive, a progressive dialectical developmental intellectual investigation. We urge with our, excuse me, we argue with ourselves in seeking truth and like difficulty strengthens us for the challenges ahead, the work of gaining answers out of the confusion prepares us to develop even more sophisticated questions and revealing answers. Without challenges, we would not grow. Intellectual activity and therefore living would become mundane and ordinary, even mediocre or worthless. Learning, learners have a great disdain for mediocre or worthlessness. Learners have a great disdain for not knowing. It brings a discomfort and intellectual anxiety which drives one to solve whatever question stands in the way of knowing. For them, confusion is exciting because it signals that they are getting ready to learn something. Affirm 
I have ne- I'm ever reminded to, and I'm ever reminded, ready to learn my way out of confusion. I'm ever remain my, and I've ever remained ready to learn my way out of confusion. Okay, one more, and then we're gonna be. I am. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited about what we're going to do today. I really am. If the men are not slain, the women are not carried off. An uh, African proverb from the Ashanti. Asafo are the first lines of defense against the enemies of our people. This is a historical tradition. In every, com- in every compound, village, town, city, territory, nation, the perimeter or, or the periphery was under the watch of the men who were necessarily more mobile. They patrolled the nation's boundaries not only because of a greater upper body strength or muscle mass, but also because they were not physically or spiritually designed to birth, nurse, rear, and nurture the children as women are. Women are our most valuable, our most precious natural resource. Without them, there are no children, and we have no balance. Therefore, we must protect at all cost. Yet our women were a no less formidable defense. Their communal responsibilities placed them in the position to protect the interior or the core of our community. This division of defensive labor has no sexist component or basis. It was a function of a natural, naturally different talents of men and women. They were linear, not vertical divisions. Each division allowed a centric circle model. Accordingly, the primary role of African men is to be warriors and scholars who seek to map out, defend, and heal the nation's perimeter. We are challenged with, we are charged with the life's mission of constantly and vigilantly standing as a unified, although often solidarity guard, roaming the edge of our community, repelling or eliminating all intruders or enemies. And it should be a proud, selfless, and productive role that one enters easily and willingly. Affirm, I am ever vigilant guard I'm an ever vigilant guard all right and the last one August 20 it it's time in times of danger the men in, is the first to rise up to confront whatever the perceived dangers or threat is Anthony Dancor this is not a traditional African society let me repeat, this is not a traditional African society. And because it is not, many of our sisters have been forced in an inevitable position of having to rear our children without their fathers, leaving them increasingly exposed to the manipulation and violence of racist institutions and predatory males. This situation calls for strategies which involve contem- contem- compensatory roles by conscious brothers. In particular, it calls for brothers to become even stronger examples of manhood throughout the community. It demands that we aggressively embrace the duty of being husbands to sisters without spouses and fathers to their children without assuming that this responsibility comes with the right to to sexual access. Sexual access, no. Accepting this responsibility requires the commitment of strong men who honor the sanctity of the African family and and who do not see this opportunity to do, and who do not see this opportunity to do good as a chance to exploit the members of our community. Ashe. Hey. 
Affirm, I take responsibility for ensuring the sanctity of African families. Affirm, I take the responsibility for ensuring the sanctity of African families. The Inye Saysen, brothers and sisters, of daily revolutionary thought. All right. All right, family, let's get, let's get, let's get started on this 50th anniversary of Wattstack. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to play the intro of the documentary and um, and then Richard Pryor will come on and and, and, and then uh, the first voice that you hear talking will be my guest brother Gerald Thompson who's with a group of other brothers and then once that's over we'll get right into the discussion brothers and sisters let's get ready for Wattstack 50th anniversary All of us have something to say, but some are never heard. Over seven years ago, the people of Watts stood together and demanded to be heard. On a Sunday this past August in the Los Angeles Coliseum, over 100,000 black people came together to commemorate that moment in American history. For over six hours, the audience heard, felt, sang, danced, and shouted the living word in a soulful expression of the black experience. This is a film of that experience and what some of the people have to say. Then you can, uh, I guess you can listen to the she call you back and click over, can't you?
that's what we did in 1965. We all got crazy and went out and started burning up our own neighborhood and shit. They brought the man on, on their own land, man. The whole thing about it was it, it, it did something constructive for the whole community. That's the only beautiful yeah. thing that it you went off, man. Thank you, Whitey. Like, relationship, you've never, you've you've never seen, serious side, you've never seen in the community as many markets. They, they've opened up for Dr. Martin Luther King Hospital. It's more black people in Watts that were formerly on county and state aid uh, employed right now. Like your, like your mama. Your mama got a job. cases for the worst, and some they have not changed at all. There's no difference in watch now, watch 65. California is a weird state because they have laws for pedestrians, you know, like you cross the street, they have laws for pedestrians, but they don't have laws for people at night when cops accidentally shoot people. I mean, they accidentally shoot more niggas out here than any place in the world. Every time you pick up paper, nigga accidentally shot an ass. <laughs> How do you accidentally shoot a nigga six times in the chest? <laughs> well, my gun fell and just went crazy. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, that was the beginning of Wattstack. And I hope you get a chance to check it out for yourself. And now i like to present to you the brother that, um, the first brother you heard in that, Brother Gerald Thompson. Brother Gerald, how are you this morning? Good morning to you out there in, out there in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. I'm all right right now. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. I'm doing well. I'm great, man. I've been looking forward to this day for quite some time. And if anybody knows me, they know that uh, Watchstack is a documentary that I, you know, because of how it was made and, and, and what it speaks to and, and the entertainment of it, you know, it's just, a, it, it, I mean, just like in the intro when they, when they're talking about all the things that were happening, it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. It is. And it is. It really right. is. The spirit of it, man, was just dynamic, man, for real. So now t- tell me, let, let, let's get off into this, some discussion because I know that you're the first brother that is speaks in, 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 in a group of brothers. That, but let's just get a little bit of history of, of you. From, from, you know, uh, you grew up in L.A. You from L.A.? I was born and raised in L.A. We call it the East Side. Uh, at that time, I don't think they call it the East Side anymore. And my favorite park where I hung out at was uh, South Park on 51st and Avalon, where I uh, affiliated with the, uh, we used to call ourselves at times social clubs where right. we were gang. Right, they didn't call them gangs then, did they? They called them social clubs. 
Yeah, yeah we were Slauson. social clubs, uh, and mm-hmm. I was a part of the the businessmen. The business, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the businessmen. Yeah, brother told me he said y'all used to walk around with suits on and shit. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> businessmen. Okay, <laughs> taking care of business. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was we once again social clubs. Mm-hmm. So, um, long story short, my mother traveled. She moved. As she progressed, she moved. And every time she moved, she moved in another neighborhood that I had rival gang members in, or wow. social clubs in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I'm a war baby, World War II baby. She yeah. was a veteran, her and my father. So uh, she was able to use her GI Bill, her and my stepdad, rather, mm-hmm. uh, to move around and they progressed. But every time they progressed, I regressed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you moved into another another neighborhood where you had, where you had to meet some challenges. <laughs> I was yeah, the one getting chased home by, you know, <laughs> having admit. a fight. I'm the only child, you know, yeah. long story short. <laughs> yeah, I hear But you. eventually, by the grace of God, all of that came to fruition. And, I, of course, I didn't see it when it was on the way. Mm-hmm. But I met so many people in so many different communities that when I, uh, my mother finally settled, her and my stepfather on the west side where the gladiators were, I was blessed to have a cousin that was a gladiator. They introduced me to gladiator members. Okay. And, of course, I wasn't going around telling them, well, I'm from the businessman. I didn't want to get killed. (laughs) But uh, it came around to where my house became the house where the parties were in all the neighborhoods at my house. And we never had a fight. Right on. We didn't have one fight. Is that right? Because, I mean, of those social clubs, obviously it wasn't as deep back then as it became. You know, you know. In fact, uh, the bastards of the party. Remember yeah. that doc? Yeah, I seen. I seen that documentary. That was deep. Slauson. Yeah. Slauson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, Slauson's was the neighborhood that I actually moved in. Mm-hmm. That I ended up actually being uh, fighting uh, to get other guys in. They would have to fight me, and they. Uh, <laughs> I haven't lost a fight, and it ain't like I'm all that bad, because I know some brothers that were like, you know. Mm-hmm. But what happened is, because of, by the grace of God, I was able to make my way through that, that I have more, probably more Slauson friends than I have businessman friends. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, now, how's this is coming up into the 60s? You know, I'm, I'm the same. I grew up in the 60s as well. You know, uh, wasn't a serious issue here like it was there in L.A. and particularly in Chicago, and it has been and still is. Uh, yeah. Still yeah. is very deep in Chicago, and and um, but yet because of the conditions, the housing conditions, the poverty, and and of course the police brutality, you know, uh, places lit up, places lit yeah. up, you know, in '65 in L.A. and in fact, um, this is Black August, and of course we've been celebrating Black August family. Uh, you need to for those who are listening. If you're first time listening or just on now, because I do have a lot of people in the queue, man. I got a lot of people who want to talk to you, man, and want to know more about this. I got about 10 callers, all, 10 callers already. This is great. Um, but, um, you know, um, this is Black August, and you can go online and find out more about Black August or, or Facebook Black August. There's so many things that happen in, a, in the history of our people this month in the revolutionary sense, but it was started by uh, the Soledad prison with jonathan jackson and uh, george oh, yeah. jackson yeah yeah and 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 so but there's so many other things that happened the haitian revolution nat turner 
I mean, just historically yep. uh, here in the month of August, and of course, WASTAC, and of course, my organization, the Black Firefighters. We started in August. That's where I'll be going tomorrow to our convention in, in Hartford, Connecticut, and that's where we started at 50 years ago, 1970, wow. 1972. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, the, these these things, I mean, 50 years later is, is an accomplishment if you can hang in there, you know? Like I said, yeah, the you know, blessings were, yeah. were still here. That's right. That's right. To I, tell the story, exactly. See? And it's not like we uh, somebody wrote a book to tell the story. We're here to share the story mm-hmm. that because we were there. It's yeah. not like uh, somebody just came up with it. There's a lot of books being written, and I was always taught: be careful of what you read and how you accept what you read, because that's his story. That's right. Not history. Mm-hmm. That's his story. Oh. And mm-hmm. your living story is the story that we're giving today. Right. That's right. Just like just like you brothers and sisters in that documentary spoke the living word. You talked about it. That's what I'm saying. I love Wastek because it it it, it 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 wasn't politicians, it wasn't people with big money. It was the brothers and sisters who had lived it. And you yep. got their feeling, you got their perspective. That's why I'm saying to the brothers and sisters who are listening and and so forth. If you get a chance to, please see if you can, you know, I know you can rent it for about two or three dollars or you can buy it for like five dollars or six dollars, something like that. Get it. Show it to the family. Say South. And it's great entertainment. It's great entertainment, man. Yeah. Rufus Thomas, man, it's great entertainment. But you wrote a book, too, though, before Crips, right? Before Crips, fussing, cussing and discussing. <laughs> no, that's my uh my old friend, uh, oh, my okay. OG, as we would say ah, today, from okay. the Lawsons, we call him Bird. Okay. And it's Ernest. And uh, that's his book. I uh, We have a reunion. Our generation have a reunion uh, every year for the last probably 25 years now, maybe, uh, where we all come together. Slawsons, Disney, Rebel Rousers, mm-hmm. Gladiators. Uh, we picnic together today where that is not happening in a lot of the different neighborhoods That's today. For sure. That's so for we've sure. been doing it for 25 years as an example that the peace can be had between all of the so-called rival gang members. Right on. So that's what that uh, posting was. My friend, uh, old friend, loving uh, bird wrote mm-hmm. a book. And if anybody has history about L.A. and the gangs and social clubs, he does. Right on. That's great. That is great. Look at can that. I, can I just say this sure. real quick? Sure, please. I want to just uh, 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 ask my friends that's in the documentary also. At, that's my nightclub. I had an after-hours club, me and a couple of uh, partners of mine. And there's a few of my friends that's in the documentary that is no longer with us. And I just want to uh, pray to God that they rest in peace. Right uh, on. I say. I love them. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I look at the document, I go like, man, my boys are not here. But yeah. so so many of us are still here. Yes. Yeah. A lot of us are still yeah. here. And I thank God for that. So we can be here until our young people right. at least get an opportunity to talk to some elders that actually live the life. Right. Because they need to know this history, man. They need to know this. And hopefully by understanding and knowing it and building on it, then the ignorance will be eliminated. That's why, I, you know, at the beginning of the program, I read from the uh, what is called the Inye Sesim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. It's a, a good brother right here in 
here in the uh, Atlanta area, brother uh, Mawali Mubarudi, who's a Pan-Africanist, like I'm a Pan-Africanist and cultural nationalist. And um, it's it just outstanding commentary by him. In fact, last night I went to hear him make a presentation on identity, you know, and it was just, you know, dynamic. Uh, because right. we don't know who we are. And a lot of us don't give a damn about who we are or who you is or don't give a damn about <laughs> this history. That's a, it's a shame, you know? It's a shame, man. But like, but we're going to do our best, man, to bring this this documentary to life and, 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 and your involvement in it and uh, all the other brothers and sisters, man, because um, like I said, when I first saw it, I, I, I first saw it at the movies in 73, I went to the movies right. and seen it and uh, fell in love with it. Well, of course, many years had passed and kind of, you know, but then when I caught it on on uh, on VHS, <laughs> I had a VHS piece on it. Right. And, and then I had a DVD. I, I still have it down in my basement somewhere in one of them bins. <laughs> I got it. Because I think, remember I was telling you there was a DVD. It was a two-piece. It was the documentary. Then and then they showed the documentary again with commentary uh, by Chuck D. You know, Public Enemy and uh, this this Caucasian. Yeah. You know, and they were giving some some history uh, of it. But of course, you you know, you probably some of it you definitely would know. But some particulars you you may or may not know because it was dealing with the production of it. Like they said, like you know, why Little Milton wasn't there? Why the dramatics weren't there? The dramatics, the opening right. sound. You know, they weren't there because they were touring in in uh, Europe, you know, and right. uh, why some of the performers were not, uh, th- they may have performed, but they were not shown in the documentary, uh, like the emotions, the emotions, they sung at that church, oh, yeah. they sung at that church, man, at the Baptist church, man, and I, every time I hear that, I told you, man, every time I hear that, man, I, I tear up, brother, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is a beautiful piece, man, well, you know, the emotions, harmony, was so beautiful, man. And and it says she's talking, has their filing into the church and then she hits that bam, master. Right. You know, peace be still just takes it, just takes it, man. So but all the other things too, I mean, you know, uh uh Johnny Taylor at the nightclub, you know, with, yep. the, with the pimps and pushes when he sings Jody. And you know, Right. I mean, all of these dynamics of this documentary, man, are just phenomenal, man. They really are. So now, uh, you said that you. Um, now, how did you? How did how did they you how did how did they get to use you and your brothers and sisters in the documentary? Because obviously, you must have known somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, one of my friends. He's uh, he's passed now. Mm-hmm. Wesley Buford was is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is. Uh, close friend of ours, uh, all of us that you saw, that you see yeah. in the documentary, we are all really close. Uh, okay. the, the ones that are not here with the ones that are still here, we are still close. And, right on. And we speak uh, often sometimes. Uh, Wesley Buford was a producer. He used to uh, produce, uh, manage the Smothers Brothers. And oh, okay. This, you know, and he's a brother. Yeah. He had the Smothers Brothers, uh, yeah, I remember a lot of other different yeah. entertainers that he was man. And he okay. was, he actually produced the uh, the Super Bowl Shuffle for oh, the, the Chicago, Chicago Bears yeah. in 84. Man, that was he a... Produced, he produced them, yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell and, you, man, that was a bad uh, piece, he, uh, man. That yeah. Was, yeah. 
So long story short, he uh, was working with Stats Record as they were kind of slowly but surely dissipating, and they came up with this idea to uh, try to support, raise some money, put on a concert to support the uh, to watch. Uh, and this was, of course, seven years after the watch riot. The parade had already started. Uh, we had already started participating in the parade. I had just got out the penitentiary in 19, okay. in 1970. Okay. So, 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 uh, so Wesley, you weren't. So you actually were not around for the riot itself in '65, or were you? I was in. I was in camp. Okay, you were in camp. Okay. Yeah, Go we ahead. watched. Uh, we watched it on TV. Mm-hmm. And I was being released after my time was up. Uh, they brought me from camp to the uh, county jail. We call it the old county. And when they brought us, brought me to the county jail, they made a mistake on my release date. That was August. And I ended up being in the county jail when the uh, the riot was over and I participated. I mean, I was able to see the effects of all of the brothers that mm-hmm. had been Shot. I mean, there were oh, so man. many of us that have been shot. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about the damages that were done to a lot of us that were in, participated, and I was able to see that. That mm-hmm. was the part that kind of really touched me, and then they sent me back to camp because they brought me down for a wrong date for release. Okay. But, uh, so when I got out, I made it my business to uh, try to stop being a part of the problem and be a part of the solution. And, and yes, you have, my brother. Yes, you have. That's why you've been around so long. You got, you know, the, the you know the creator have seen that you have a lot of work to still do, man. Yes, you have. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, Amen. Family, yeah. I, family, I have gone to the brother's website, and this man has done some fantastic work on behalf of our community. It, it he really has. I mean, he's uh, providing shelter for those who are homeless. I mean, just doing great work. Uh, you know. And, and we applaud you for it, man. We really do. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks so, for caring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the bottom line is mm-hmm. uh, the human in us gets uh, suppressed. Uh, for uh, A lot of us use survival as the reason we don't have time to be thinking about others when, when the bottom line is you're still human. Mm-hmm. And if you, don't use, if you don't be who you are, human, then you're suppressing yourself from being able to enjoy the life that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Your time is being spent on what the ha, we know who the enemy was then, and we still know it now. That's right. And I won't say anything mm-hmm. other than that. Instead of us making sure we are looking out for one ourselves first, we come first as an individuals. Humans only know what they know. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know nothing, you can't give away something you don't have. That's right. So focus on making sure you're all right inside, not outside and then be willing to share it. And so that's what I was taught to do. It's a part of my heritage, my family history, our doctors and caretakers and all of that. So uh, I couldn't shake it eventually. Of course, mm-hmm. I ended up having to just let go and let God do for me what I couldn't do for myself. It took me about 20 years after I got out of the pen before I actually uh, almost died again and ask God to please help me, and I, I, 33 years later, I'm still in I the say, work, putting in the work. Right on, I say. Well, listen, we're gonna. I, I, I have I've chosen a couple of pieces of the documentary to to play. You know, has some cutaways, and some of it has uh, some Richard Pryor in it because you know I love me some Richard Pryor, man. 
I think that you know, really, that's really why, aside from the music, it, you know, and knowing that it was, you know, Stack Records and and all those who are involved with Stack Records, you know, uh, uh, Isaac Hayes, uh, the Barcays, and so forth. I knew that, but I love Richard Pryor. Yeah, I mean, I love. And so when he said he was in it, and then he did some of his routines, and this is before. Uh, is it something I said, which of course is his greatest to me. I don't know about anybody else. Right, 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 right. Is it something I said is his greatest album? That shit is so funny. Mudbone. I love it. Ain't it? <laughs> but so I'm up. Well, we this. lost a good one there. I mean, we've had yeah. some great brothers and sisters uh, that have uh, opened doors for those today. I don't know if a lot of them actually know their history of them as entertainers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do hear some of the brothers and sisters making sure they give uh, a tribute to those that came before them because the elders are the ones that opened up the doors for us to be here. That's right. Uh, That's so right. Yeah. I always think about those entertainers, not just back in the 60s, the 50s, but before. Right. My mother used to, used to make sure I knew about our history and entertainment, movies, and music. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing that we do the same thing with our children today. We have to. We have to know them know what, from whence they came and all the people who, who laid the foundation. I'm always grateful. In fact, that's what I do many times is pour libation. I'm, I'm a person they call up and say, when you do libation for us? And, of course, I mean, you know, right. I, I have my way. And, anybody, and, in fact, if you do libation, the way you do it is your way, and that's perfectly great. As long as yep. you are honoring the ancestors and honoring those who have, you know, whose shoulders we truly do stand on. So I'm going to play this particular piece. Uh, this is the beginning, uh, family. Um, uh, no, this is the uh, part uh, where um, Kim Weston sings the Black National Anthem. And uh, what's interesting about that, now, I remember back in the 60s when I was in, in school, we didn't stand up. For the uh, for the American anthem, Star Spangled Banner, we didn't stand up, you know, but we did stand up for the Black National Anthem and raise the fist. And so what you so when you get the documentary, what you see here is Jesse Jackson giving a litany. I am somebody, somebody you know, yeah. you know, right. and then he introduces, <laughs> and on the stage right behind him, over his right shoulder, is Willie Davis former Green Bay Packer yeah, right. Hall of Famer right. who had a beer distributorship in L.A., Slits Beer in right. L.A., and over his left shoulder is Al Bell, one of the producers of Watch Stack. <laughs> What's funny... Yeah, Willie, uh, Willie uh, helped raise money to put on the, the event. Did he? Right on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so here's what you... Uh, and then, of course, um, Kim Weston and, and the images that are, that are shown are just, just fantastic. And it ends with Dr. King. Brothers and sisters, this is the one of the beginnings <clears throat> of the documentary of uh, intros of Wattstack. This is a beautiful day. It is a new day. It is a day of black awareness. It is a day of black people taking care of black people's business. Today, we are together. We are unified and on one accord. But when we are together, we got power and we can make decisions. Today on this program, you will hear gospel and rhythm and blues and jazz 
are just labels. We know that music is music. All of our people got a soul. Our experience determines the texture, the taste, and the sound of our soul. We say that we may be in the slum, but the slum is not in us. We may be in prison, but the prison is not in us. In what we have shifted from burn, baby, burn to learn, baby, learn. We have shifted from having a seizure about what the man got to seizing what we need. We have shifted from dead bugs and dog ticks to community control and politics. That is why we gather today to celebrate our homecoming and our own sense of somebodyness. That is why I challenge you now to stand together, raise your fist together, and engage in our national black litany. Do it with courage and determination. I am somebody. I am somebody. I may be poor, but I am somebody. I may be on welfare, but I am somebody. I may be unskilled, but I am somebody. I am black, beautiful, proud. I must be respected. I must be protected. What time is it? When we stand together, what time is it? When we say no more yes to both, what time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Sister Kim Weston, the Black National Anthem.
We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That's right. I say. Watch stack. Man, I tell you, brother, that's, uh, you know, it's moving. It's a lot better to get a chance to hear it, uh, you know, and to see it a lot better. Uh, <clears throat> let's uh, talk about the more so of, of the brothers and sisters who were involved. Like I said, it, that's the unique thing about Wastak to me is the, is the men and women who are part of the a production who aren't famous people, aren't politicians, aren't those with finance or, or any kind of influence. They were just everyday beautiful brothers and sisters talking about the situation that had happened in 65, talking about, you know, what is happening at that moment and into the future, you know. Right. And, and so what did you... <clears throat> It, it, you know, when you were uh, when you were at your you say, overnight, you had a, a um, after hours place at the time, and you had those yes. brothers there. And, and believe me, y'all cast was funny, man. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some cast in there be cracking me up, man. <laughs> you know? And 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 a lot of it just was the people in the community, man. Just like that dude who was about to clean. He says, "Yeah, <laughs> you know." If black is this, then white is divine. I'm like, then Richard Parsons, hey, oh, that nigga crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <clears throat> and then what some of the sisters were saying, you know, and because you had a lot of sisters, especially the sister who was braiding hair, you know, she talked about, right, the, right. you know, you know how sisters need to be <clears throat> more devoted to to one another, particularly, you know. To support our man. In fact, I, I read from the NYA say Sim how important it is that men and women work together. We need each other. We're a complement to each other. You know. Right. <clears throat> you know. And so let me make sure you uh, don't quote me having. I didn't have anything to do with putting any of that together. Okay. We were. Ju- I was just invited to bring to be a part of it. Uh, because of my relationships in the community, mm-hmm. along with to bring people that were personally uh, close to me, that we could talk about the issues of our community at the time. And what one of the funniest things about that clip were in my nightclub, and uh, I had a couple of partners, 
in that nightclub, you heard uh, us talking about some things about uh, us getting uh, families getting jobs now right. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And but then you would hear Brother Jesse, we because back in the day we used to call it woofing, and you heard Brother Jesse say mm-hmm. that I think it was R.J. that said, "Well, you know." Uh, people are getting jobs now. <laughs> like been yeah, like your mama. Said, yeah, like your mama. <laughs> like your mama. If you would have went to school, if you would have went to school with them, uh-huh. they did that every day, talked about each other's mamas. And yeah. sex. I mean, it was really funny, yeah. uh, which was part of the reason uh, that Wes- Wesley wanted us to to come together because he knew we were going to be starting some stuff in there. <laughs> uh, right on. Yeah, but the sisters and stuff you're speaking about in the documentary, they were hand chosen only because of the neighborhoods and what they were doing in the community. Because Sats and and the, they went out throughout Los Angeles, Watts everywhere, and didn't have the slightest idea who they were going to end up talking to at the time. Mm-hmm. They went out and did some hands-on research, man, and that was beautiful that they did it. Uh, spur the momently. It ain't like they planned on talking to everybody. The only person that, that they actually actually planned to have talk, but we didn't have any scripts, was us, Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and a few other people that was that's in the documentary. I can't recall all mm-hmm. of the names right sure. now, but that's part of that documentary, which is actually reflects to this day now. That if we think about it, and I might be ahead of where you are, but if we think about it, while we are have better jobs now while we are able to live on the west side, as we say here in Los Angeles. And you know how large Los Angeles is. So mm-hmm. if I say, well, we're able to live on the west side, that's a small area. But we weren't able to move there. We didn't have money, first of all. And then the real estate laws would mm-hmm. not, the covenants, conditions, and restrictions sure. restricted us from living in those communities. Yeah, redlining. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Same, same with a lot of other places, and now uh, because of once again redlining or gentrification, those things are happening. Gentrification again. is serious across the, not only in L.A. and where you are, across the world. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know people all over that are telling me the same thing about gentrification. Mm-hmm. I think I told you uh, we had a house that uh, we uh, got in Watts. Uh, a friend of mine and I, we partnered on it, ended up losing money on it. The bottom line was that that house in Watts, now this is Watts, was selling for $300,000 in Watts. I'm from L.A. When I say that, it's a, it's like, what do you mean 300000 to live in Watts? Yeah. You know, uh, that's what kind of reputation, uh, property, neighborhood that Watts used to be classified as. Mm-hmm. But that's what's happening, you know. And that's what's happening yeah. all over. You know, yeah, it and, is. And, and, and and they, you know, they left the, the so-called inner cities, or they left the close to downtown areas, or the central cities of, of many of these larger cities, which we have became very predominant in, and moved out to the suburbs. And well, you know what? They're building back up this those cities. Uh, they're you know the entertainment districts are there, the restaurants are there. So they decided, hey, we, we're moving back. You know, in Milwaukee, where I'm from. You know, there was an area called Brewers Hill next to Slitch Brewery and other breweries there, and, and it was mostly us. And so now uh, the property values were lowered so the Caucasians could get those houses 
very inexpensively and then revitalize them, revitalize the neighborhood. The, uh, 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 the tax rate went up and many of the people who have been there for many years couldn't afford it and they moved them out. You know, it's, it's they shit and they do what they want, you know, <laughs> and that's well, unfortunate. Well, you know, uh, here, uh, the elders, as we are, mm-hmm. a lot of us died off and uh, our children uh, inherited the properties mm-hmm. and they didn't. They didn't want the property. That's right. They didn't want to deal and with it. And then the Caucasian came back to the community and started buying them up. Mm-hmm. And they would pay anything to get them. They, the prices of properties here, like I said about that one property in Watts, mm-hmm. 300000 I mean, Watts properties, because it was classified as property community, I mean, you could get a house for maybe $15,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you know. Uh and when that happened, the youngsters, uh, the, the siblings, start selling properties off, it was easy for them to move back in mm-hmm. and to jack the prices up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my business, uh, other than my nonprofit, Pathways to Your Future, uh, I created a for-profit business called Community Empowerment and Resource Consultants, and I uh, partner with uh, property owners' investment companies and individuals that came to L.A. to buy properties mm-hmm. to, in the name of helping the homeless here, but that's not what was going down. When I saw that, I created this company to uh, master lease all of the properties I could get so I could run the business of helping people instead of trying to run a housing uh, duplex or something, jacking the prices up to $2,500. Yeah. yeah. So I turned that scenario around based on what my my skills were. So that's just uh, what we're doing. What I did today compared to we need to find solutions on how do we keep our people from being ran out of the different communities that they were born and raised in. You know, our parents worked really hard for them to have a place, and they would stay in those places for 20, 30, 40 years Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure their children had been left something so they can have a chance to have a better quality of life. So anyway, don't yeah. get me started, man, because nah. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's why you're on here, man. But listen, uh, I want to get some of these people. I got a lot of people in the queue. If you're in the queue, brothers and sisters, oh, yeah, go ahead. all you got to do is hit star twice. Hit star twice and you can ask a question. Give a question, comment, or concern about the 50th anniversary of a dynamic documentary of an event that took place 50 years ago tomorrow, August 20th, on a Sunday, August 20th, 1972. Brothers and sisters went to the Memorial Coliseum and then heard the living word of a production that was just dynamic. And then one year later, in 73, the documentary came out of Wastak. So hit star twice, or you can dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. So... And somebody don't want to hit star twice. They just want to listen, and that's good too, you know, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the positive things that have happened and some of the unfortunate things that have happened as well, you know. Um, you know, like I said, you know, fifty years—that's a lot of time. And some of the people that uh, you you see in the documentary, some of the performers that you see from Stack Records, you know, are no longer no longer with us, you know. Uh, in fact, some of the main headliners of the 
of of the performances, Isaac Hayes and so forth, yeah, are no longer with us. Fifty years is a long time, man. You know, but then again, you got to look at. Sure. But then again, you got to look at what it was then and what it is now, and then uh, you know, take an evaluation of what kind of progress have we made. Just like in the opening, the brother said, you know, the difference between there's no much bigger difference between Watts '65 and Watts. You know that day. The question I'm asking you: what What do you see the differences are? What is your opinion on what has happened and and what kind of progress? Now, now, see for you, it's a different perspective because you have done things to make progress. See, so, but yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, the community has probably turned over around five or six different times. Mm. A lot of effort uh, had gone in with some of the brothers that used to be in gangs. They are now they are now become peacemakers, and they've created community uh, safety and awareness for the young people in Watts now. The development of different programs and organizations are there now. We used to only have Job Corps and stuff like that. Now you have a lot of churches and stuff that have been doing great work in that community. Mm-hmm. Along with they have, once again, gentrification is now they have built an, an unbelievable uh, plot of property in Watts. I mean, I don't even know how many units it is, but it's so huge. Mm. My question would be to uh, my friends and colleagues that uh, literally are putting in the work in Watts. I don't know, maybe, and I'm going to find out, what are they doing with that property? What is it going to cost for someone to actually live in that particular complex mm-hmm. like they did in Inglewood? In Inglewood, uh, I lived in Inglewood for over eight and a half years, 16 years. What am I talking mm-hmm. about? And the property in Inglewood, my house was 700000 The property now is 200000 I mean, $2 million, Two million. Five wow. million. Wow. But I'm not there anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, but, aren't they, uh, so, they going to, uh, uh, the L.A. Um, Clippers are moving to, used to be the Forum, right? They're supposed to be right, right, right. Well, they've already, as you know, they built the SoFi Stadium for the Rams right. and the Chargers, right? Uh, which is was a huge an, deal, mm-hmm. along with all of the development they did because of that. They are really Inglewood is only a, I think it's a four square miles, and in four square miles, it's just it's so much activity going on over there. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, but back to Watts, the same the situation is happening to Watts. Also, it's just not as aggressive as it is in other parts of the city or the county of Los Angeles. The county, of course, is as large as some states. Uh, so uh, those developments are still going on today in Watts, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to do that. Uh, the gentrification is still in place yeah. in Watts, which sounds kind of weird to me. I'm from L.A. I know the difference between living on the west side and living in, in Watts on the east side. Mm. And so we don't look at living on the east side or in Watts as a high-rent neighborhood, but that's what it's becoming. Mm-hmm. And it's going it's to cost people out, even for Watts. Where do you go if you are still on a, a, a minimum wage or even with a good right. career? You know, even with a good career now, because a lot of us have been able to go to school, uh, get educated, come up with careers and jobs that allows you, like our parents did, to be able to own property. Well, what, what's going to happen to those 
that the minimum wage might be going up to 15, but guess what? The cost of living just went up to 40. Yeah. So, um, so it's not, it, it's just, right. So it's out of balance, man. And, 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 no, it's, yeah, yeah. And there's no, there's no way to, to, unless of course there's freezing of economies, but that's not going to happen either. It's going to continue no. to go up no, no. because those who have continue to want more. When you live in a society based on individualism, materialism, greed, and violence, you know, it's not conducive to family. It's not conducive to to uh, relationships because it's what's in it for me. How can I get over? How can I get mine? It's not right. conducive to children. So it's it, <laughs> this is very tough. And and uh, I know that what you see um, in L.A. in other cities, you know, a lot of homelessness, a lot of mental illness. It's it's really kind of pathetic and sad <laughs> because the the resources are there. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. We uh, advocated. Uh, I created a uh, uh, a coalition here in Los Angeles, uh, and we call it South LA. They call it. And then there's a service planning area six, which was set up to split up LA in areas for children's services. Mm-hmm. And so the resources for our young people, 16 to 25, we call them transition age youth, there was no resources locally for them. They would have to go to other communities in order to get help. And a lot of them being from certain areas, gang-affiliated, they couldn't go to other communities to get help. So we created a coalition uh, for the South L.A. Uh, foster care and Pop coalition to address that. When we did that, the city of Los Angeles started paying more attention to the homelessness. They're not going to do anything if they're not going to make any money. Mm-hmm. And if there's not enough people advocating for some change. And this is not new. We're like just beating a dead horse here. When my mother was a child, she went through the same thing. When 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 I was a kid, I went through the same. The cost of living is not going to stop going up. This mm-hmm. is a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. So either you get in the game, get in where you fit in. If you want to do better, you got to learn how to do, do better. better. You can't exactly. make no more money if you don't know how to where to make more money is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the level of intelligence to do so, you can only go as far in a capitalistic society as you can. You need help. Uh, so, I mean, that's just real life. Yeah. And nothing we can do about it. Just do the best you can. If you want to do better, go to school, w- get with somebody, and do better with them, with yeah. somebody that's doing better. You can't be hanging with somebody that ain't doing nothing, talking about, I want to do something. I don't think so. No. And when I think it. about the entertainment industry from watch stats to date, look how far uh, we've come uh, monetarily in our music. I mean, I never thought rap would last this long. I actually thought, I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. man, I, I love Rum D and seeing them, but I never thought that they were going to be able to keep cursing, calling women bees and yeah. all of that. I never thought that they would let that continue to go. Here we are, like, what, 30 years yeah. later, 35 years later, and I'll be down, man, that, that, that those group of brothers and sisters, dominated the world and when black people do stuff that looks good and works good with us guess what so does everybody else else. jump on board i don't care where it is it could be in china mexico it don't matter everybody around the world raps now yeah everybody well you you know that that when it first came out uh it was more conscious it was more uh positive and so forth and then of course gangster rap 
and many have tributed the gangster element of rap from out of the West Coast. And then, of course, there yeah. was that East Coast, West Coast, uh, right. you know, Chisholm that was happening and so forth. And then, of course, uh, and I would never forget, and I've mentioned this on this program a number of times, uh, I was, you know, we have a training program that at Dillard University in New Orleans uh, where we teach firefighters how to be uh, company officers, chief officers, and chiefs of the department, how to run a fire department. So I went right. in, into uh, where the cafeteria was at, at, at Dillard, and, and, and they had uh, NPR playing, and Sister Soldier was talking. And so I just stopped and just to listen. And she was saying how tough it was for her to get, you know, uh, uh, music deals and so forth because they don't want the conscious rap. They don't want, you know, positive rap. They don't, they want the gangster shit because what they want to do is pump that constantly into our community and have us at each other so they can fill these prisons up. In fact, just uh, uh, a few weeks ago, the judges in Pennsylvania, two judges in Pennsylvania went to prison because they were sending kids to, to prison consistently because they built these prisons and they got kicked back. They got money for constantly sending these yeah. kids to prison and giving them longer sentences, you know, than what they deserve or what they even needed, you know. So yeah. this whole mindset, yeah. it, it, when you have a, a society based upon this, all of this greed, and that's why some of us, just like you said, if, 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 if you can't do it, then you're going to be in a, you know, you're going to be in a tough situation. And, and, and all around this country, man, there are people pitching tents and living under underpasses and, and so forth and way more than what it should be to, to be such the great society that it, the society claims it to be, you know, and, and where you have people, well, you know, it's like that globally because Western society of capitalism, I look at Nigeria, uh, the country of Nigeria, which is a pathetic. I, I love Nigerians, but I hate what has happened there when you have such deep, abject poverty where you have people who have millions, especially of the top 10 Christian preachers, earners. Three, I think, two or two or three are Nigerian, along with T.D. Jakes, maybe, or maybe Creflo Dollar, along with Pat Robertson and all those other Caucasians, the top earners, you know, and here, you know, all the wealth that they have and many people in their congregation are living paycheck to paycheck or just barely making it. But they believe what the pastor has told them that I make these sacrifices. I'll be blessed. Yeah. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot of issues and, and, and to me, what the documentary was trying to point, I think that's why they didn't talk to uh, those who were politicians or those who were business people. They wanted to talk to the people themselves to find out exactly how they felt and how they're still feeling seven years, 10 years, 20, 30 years after the riots. Well, we were taught, uh, it was old saying that I learned as in elementary school uh, when the police used to... Uh, literally come to our community they knew everybody's name they knew your parents and uh we were taught by the police that when i tell you young people now when you grow up be careful of trying to go against city hall you mm, can't like do city anything <laughs> uh, can't do anything against them they yeah. will make decisions based on your life and you need to find out how, where you're going to fit in at 
in order to not be impacted negatively Mm -hmm. about them and their business because it's business. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with that, uh, we learned to, that's why they got left out because the producers, the stats records, and and all of those that participated, Willie Davis, as you just got through mention, he was very well politically connected, but he didn't bring politics into that event at Mm, all. all. He made sure he actually stayed in the background, as Mm. you mentioned, on stage. Mm. He didn't even show his face. We knew, and it was, you know, those of us, when they started marketing and promoting, we knew the ones that was on board. You didn't know about my friend, um, who we call co- each other cousins, uh, Wesley, because he was a marketing producer in the background. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to get any recognition at all. Right on. Uh, it was strictly for us to have fun and to do it. We didn't have one fight. It was like 100,000 black people. We didn't have one fight. We were dancing in on the, on the, uh, on the field mm-hmm. in front of the stage we didn't have one fight. They were potluck at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, even I at mean, that, because even when Rufus Thomas said, I want you on the field, and that's when he, yeah. you know, he did the funky chicken, and everybody yes, come right. on down, down front, everybody got on there, and then he was right, told, right. you got to get him off the field because they got him to be playing football here pretty soon. And and, yes, and people right. just went back up in the stands, respectfully. Right. Oh, yeah, with no problem. With no problem. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it, I, man, I'm going to tell you, man, it is beautiful. And it's beautiful the way we handle things and and how it was presented you know right. just like uh, uh um melvin van peoples you know oh he man, said, yeah. yeah melvin van peoples said we're doing it our way you know that's right i mean last yeah, joke, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. doing our thing we're doing it our way and it was just i've great. been watching some of the concerts i don't go to them anymore mm-hmm. uh and they uh i've heard some good stuff i've been seeing some good stuff you know my daughter was born two weeks before Watch That, so uh, so she she doesn't go to a lot of concerts to this day. She actually works for me. Well, we're mm-hmm. partners now in my mm-hmm. company. Uh, but some of the concerts have been going over well lately. A few years ago, man, I wouldn't let anybody yeah. I know, I wouldn't advise them yeah. to go to no concerts. Yeah. But I'm hearing uh, people like uh, uh, these, these guys have platforms, and women, they have platforms, and they're talking about uh, trying to show positive images for the black man and woman. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, so they're doing things and speaking out on, I, I bring up George Floyd only because they put so much energies behind that one killing when we've had hundreds, I mean thousands mm-hmm. of them. Yes. But that one killing brought out blacks, whites, uh, Asian, Pacific, you know, mm-hmm. brought out everybody to fight against justice and, and right. killing of our people by the police. But, that was one incident, mm-hmm. but listen to the music that some producers uh, created behind that one incident. This young lady named Her yeah. created the song yeah. "I Can't Breathe." Yeah, she's that's beautiful. a bad. That's a bad. That's a bad sister. Yes, yeah, she is. She's beautiful, man. <laughs> bad sister. Yeah, she's 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 got a commercial now for um, nationwide, yeah. nationwide, nationwide. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. just she's fantastic, and, and there are many others. And so, you know. Uh, I tell you, change has got to come, but it starts within yourself, and it starts with uh, uh, you know all the others, and it's got to come. But I tell you, it's going to be very difficult living in a society the way it is because there's so many people that don't want to change are not going to change, you know. But if you yeah, t- we can't do anything about that. that. There's those of us 
that are making change. Right. Yes, we're, and we got to keep on keeping on. The same number of uh, population. Our population has diminished. I don't know how far down yeah. the scale. Uh, most of us comes from interracial, mm-hmm. and then we have a lot of population yeah. that don't want to have babies anymore. Right, uh, and so we are not focusing on family uh, as much as we used to. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, our families have been fragmented because, just as you said, our numbers are dwindling now. Caucasians, oh, Caucasians' really, yeah. numbers are dwindling because of their genetics. They're experiencing population growth, or in fact, excuse me, they've been having negative population growth for a few decades. In fact, this one yeah. Caucasian named Ben Wathenberg wrote a book, Decline of the West, and a few racist-ass individuals talked about the death of white people and why we, you shouldn't have abortion and so forth, and why we got to develop a, a method of population control to control our population. You know, yeah. give us abortions and give us uh, something that would pre- pre- prevent <laughs> us, you know, from populating and because you know when i look at it you know you look at mass incarceration homosexuality uh, uh brothers in fact i saw a piece where um uh the quarterback for kansas city chiefs uh man his father played baseball his father is a very dark-skinned brother he married a caucasian you Are know you talking about Mahomes? yeah look up mahomes Patrick Mahomes, okay? And Patrick, you see, yeah. So you see how Patrick Mahomes look. Well, he married a Caucasian. And they have, yeah. a, you know, Caucasian. Now, contained in the DNA is still, you know, that, that black, that African. But, of you course. Know, but, yeah. but the baby, you know, is, is white. Yep. <laughs> white mama. Exactly. White mama. And, and, and so uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's going to be an issue still going forward for us as, as black people, as African people, you know. But the, but the bottom line is for us is that we need to put kick these petty differences aside, come together and do things for ourselves, work with one another. You know, this, this well, back in the day, I, I mean, I remember I would never date a white woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, like never, right? Never. Uh, my, I have ba- I had, ba- uh, you know, my friends. Some of my friends were pimps, mm-hmm. and they would pimp white women. They mm-hmm. would never would they do anything. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't pimp. Uh, sisters, they were only okay. pimp uh, whites and Asians and Mexicans. They would not pimp their own race. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that going around, the whole scenario changed. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, man, there's so many young teenagers yeah. out on the streets here, oh. man. Uh, the gang members have changed the yeah. game from just being dope dealers to being sex trafficking. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, trafficking is a really serious. Bad. It is. It's a serious issue. You're, they, they're getting younger and younger kids. Kids are being uh, 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 abducted, kidnapped, and yep. so forth, and, and and put into these kind of situations. In fact, I just yep. heard uh, here in the Atlanta area, they they rescued about uh, over seventy five children. Seventy five. Yeah. I was like, damn. And that just yep. recently, you know. And so they have all of these particular problems that are, you know that uh, we're having today as it relates to family. As, and, you know, we got the, the drug problems, particularly the, the crack was an issue for us, you know, but now the... Well, it wiped out, it wiped out not only our whole... Gen- Man, we lost like three, four generations. Mm-hmm. Still losing them. Yeah. Uh, but only reason it came, any kind of change started was because it started getting white people too. Right. Especially and, uh, the fentanyl and, and, and the... Oh, yeah. And, and then the, the meth drugs. is the meth. really mm-hmm. the white man's drug for him. Mm-hmm. It Now it's getting us. So it, yeah. it's really 
that stuff ain't going nowhere. It's too much money involved in drugs. Uh, education is the bottom line. One thing I'm glad to see today, because we used to all smoke cigarettes all mm-hmm. the time, smoke weed all the time. Mm-hmm. We were always, uh, you know. Right. Today, at least you hear more about don't smoke cigarettes and stuff, but right. now they've legalized weed. So now brothers and sisters are talking about, well, I'm not addicted, but they wake up every morning smoking weed joint. and they smoking all day. Yeah. Well, what do you mean you're not addicted? <laughs> well, what is that called if you, you're not eating all day, you're smoking weed all day. You, know. you ain't even got the munchies, uh, man. You just want to smoke some weed. You just yeah. want to smoke. Which, we which had the is, munchies. Yeah, we yeah. eat M&Ms and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> which is even more uh, deeper because you inhale deeper and you hold it in deeper so from a lung yeah. damaging your lung standpoint is deeper you know it's, it's even worse but you know so you have all of these problems and all of these issues but yet and still you know you got to still think positive you've got to still strive you got to still work together you know yep you, uh, you know and i know what these people have in store for us and it ain't good who i mean these right. people this society white folks who run this stuff and it's it's not good. Well, I mean, this it ain't no. our country. No, no. no I mean, not. no matter what, it's not ours. Right. And they let care you how know. Much money you make. Right. And they let you know it. I got a caller. Six zero two six zero two, brother Marcus. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, brother Oshi, and good afternoon to your guests. Thank you. Um, good afternoon, young brother. Good afternoon. You know. It's ironic what you're saying, you know, what you're you're talking about, and especially with the music, because we are experiencing the same phenomena you're talking about now with the music. Now, in in Jamaica, you know, reggae music initially was revolutionary. It was a revolutionary music, just like when rap music first came out with KRS-One and right. um, Public Enemy, it, it was a positive message. It was. But no, yes, but no. what we are realizing is that they are changing the music. And the music now is just shooting, violence, killing your brother. You know, yep. it, it, that's where the music is going. It's it's It's... Shooting, yeah, uh, killing, uh, my, my gun, you know, my gun killed this, you know, and it's yeah. and, and degrading, rising, and degrading yes. women, and degrading women and families, so forth. Yeah, yes, and it's driving a lot of the violence we're seeing taking place in Jamaica right now. A lot of the killing is is coming from the music, is the message. Everybody, every young person, their thing is to get a gun. Yeah. I, 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 I shoot, you know. Yes, I shoot this guy and I shoot that guy, and it, 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 you know. So it's, it's. I think the same people are behind it. The same culprits yes. that we find Same, here yes. in America, yes, they are down there doing it, and they're glorifying it. And a lot of young people they gravitate because that's where they see the, the, all these guys have money. All these. These gun songs, you make a gun song and you sing straight to the top. Well, you know, Brother Marcus, I I mentioned earlier about uh, when I was in uh, our training program at Dillon University in New Orleans, listening to Sister Soldier talk about this. There was also a cat talking about at the same time on that program that a meeting was held with some people, record industry people, and that they're not going to promote 
gang, you know, a, a cop positive conscious rap talking about supporting one another, loving one another, coming together. No, we're going we're gonna to promote this gangster rap because we're going to build prisons and they're going to listen to this and they're going to engage in some bad stuff and bad behavior and then bam, they're going to be in the prison. And unfortunately, truly, that's what happens and that's what has happened and it's still going on to this day. Still going on mm-hmm. right now. You know, the idea of calling each other, you know, bitches and hoes and hoochies and, and thugs, you know, young thug, just like here in Atlanta, this dude named Young Thug, he's in a murder rap and they wanted to use the music has a you know uh saying that because of this music this is what has caused this behavior and because he did what he did because he even said it in in, in his rap you know <laughs> oh, yeah yeah oh, it's terrible man it's, yeah. it's it's psychological warfare yes it is on a state level yeah this this all it is well yeah. i just wanted to put that in there well, thank you. it's so you know it's so yeah. it, yeah, it parallels yes, what's it going on here, well thank know? you brother anyway, marcus was, I, I was hoping you were, i hoping you would call on wednesday for marcus garvey's birthday man yes, we had yeah, a good time yeah, the man. i was on the plantation i Where couldn't you? i couldn't okay escape. you couldn't call yeah <laughs> we had a good time for marcus garvey's birthday brother all right brother marcus thank you man peace thanks all for calling right, in right. young brother all right. All right. All right. Three four seven. Three four seven. Good afternoon. Hey, OC, what's happening to your guests? What's going on? Uh, nothing much. I got brother. I got brother Gerald Thompson, who was uh, in the documentary Watt Stack. He's out of L.A. Hey, man, that was a very good documentary. Very good. Also, excellent. Yeah, go ahead. Also, that's when music was music, brother. Yeah. This what they have today is, you know, other other trash, man. I mean, you know, it's amazing that you have people like Sam and Dave and all of those brothers that came out of Memphis, Isaac Hayes, Otis Redding, and the rest of them. And the artistry of present doesn't produce anything like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, to, very... to listen to New Worlds and to listen to a Teddy Pendergrass and uh, Booker T's and the other groups that were coming out of that era, and to not even have groups like that today, how, how, did, how do you regress from that point to what we have today without it being some form of sinister... Well, manipulation. Yeah, many of us and, think that and, it is. It's plain. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's like culture, that's a destruction of a form of culture yeah. that, you know, has been replaced with other death. Well, I mean, see, you know. See, brother. Br- you brother, know, crazy. Yeah. But see, brother Jay, what they want to say that that is our culture. It is not our culture. This is a deviant culture, this is a subculture because of our alienation from the dominant culture. But let me, I want to play this piece by uh, Isaac Hayes. And Isaac Hayes, of course, was the headline act at, at so just hold on, okay, right. brother? Thank you. Isaac Isaac Hayes was the headline act. And I want to play yep. uh, uh, um, Shaft. And then I'm going to play later uh, Soulsville, because they're, they're both very good pieces. 
This is Isaac Hayes. Saturday night, though, was, uh, they always call it nigger night because white folks go out about 8 and leave and go home at 10 and leave it to the niggers because it gets thick. <laughs> they can't handle it. You know what I mean? Too many niggers. They, when they find out niggers could talk other than do I ho they got scared to death. You know, like one day somebody said, nigger talk. Well, motherfucker, I've been wanting to tell you something. I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs>
cut that was on the um, Isaac Hayes Soulville. Uh, although when you watch the documentary and it's being played, you see that uh, it is not L.A. Or it's, it's Chicago, in fact. But basically what he's talking about, just as this documentary has shown, is how we are, what's happening with us. You know, this the everyday brother and sister just like this song that Mel and Tim played dealing with relationships, I may not be the one you want, but I'm the one you need. You know, just dynamic. And so this is the last cut that I'm going to play, and then we're going to uh, engage more in conversation. So just stay on, and if uh, you want to, and I got about over 20 people. Uh, brother, <laughs> brother Jerry, I got about 20 people who are just listening and more who are not on, but hopefully some of you will want to engage in conversation with uh, Brother Gerald Thompson. And myself. Thanks, God. Just thank God that they are appreciative of what happened 50 years ago and are willing to take time out of on a Friday morning to join us to dialogue on not only Watts Stats history, but the history of what the reason Watts Stats was brought about because of the Watts riot and the effects that uh, our community in LA, Watts, the whole community, what we were dealing with, with law enforcement uh, and the brutality that they uh, put up on us, as they still do today. Uh, sometimes people think it's new that the police is killing us. They've been killing us ever since they got guns. So Yeah. But well, we kill each other more than any, anybody. Anybody. We, the, any other people anybody. on the planet. There's over 50,000, 60,000 black men and women that have been killed in the last 40 years. Yeah. It's been that I don't hear anybody saying anything yeah. about them killing yeah. each, us, killing each other. You know, anyway, I mean, that's just. I mean, uh, my I understand. I understand about because the police are supposed to be there to protect you, and of course, when they do it, we want to come down them. But yet and still, us killing us is something that yeah, we have been, to yeah, deal with. We've that's, been doing it. That's crazy. Yeah, and and here's the yeah. piece uh, from Isaac Hayes, and then right after this piece, family. Uh, for those who are in the queue, which are many of you, hit star twice, get in for the conversation, or just dial 215 490 9832. 
At least that's the way it's supposed to be. Shays advise him a hard to see unless you take this walk with me. It's hard to find. That means an increase in the welfare line. Crime rate is rising too. If you are hungry, what would you do? Bread is too much past due. And a building is falling apart. Little black boy needs a parachute. And this is only a part of. Brothers, got plenty of cash. Tricks on the corner, gonna see to that. Some like to smoke, and some like to blow. Some are even strung out on a $50 joke. They're trying to ditch reality by getting so high. Only to find out you can never touch the sky. Cause your roots are in Every Sunday morning I can hear the old sister say Hallelujah, hallelujah Trust in the Lord Oh yeah I hope that he hear that prayer Deep in the soul, they believe Someday, oh, you'll forget All this misery that we have in Oh, yeah, 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 yeah So yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate, man, Gerard. I appreciate this. I really do. I got a caller. Let me get this caller in here. Four zero four. Four zero four. Good afternoon. Hey, 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 Yahoo, Yahoo, Yahoo. Hey, hey, hey. Research hey. West. Yes, sir. Good, good, good. Yes, sir. I got some research ran for y'all. Hey, I was in LA uh, about two months ago, man. Okay. Hey, I loved it, man. They treated me good out there, my brother. <laughs> I ain't lying, man. They right treated on. me good like I was at home, man. I don't know if you know a sister named Gloria for Face News. I don't know if you know her. But, yeah, uh, I know her. Yeah. I know her. I've yeah, been knowing her a long time. 
Yes, sir, man. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, what's your name, son? What's your name? I'm Gerald Thompson. Yes, sir, man. Yeah, yeah, Glory, good people, man. She good people, so uh, she let me put an article here in the newspaper periodically, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah, L.A., y'all treated me good out there, man. And I what I like is the Bloods and the Crips call the truce, man. So, I mean, ain't no ain't no Crips and no Bloods when I was out there. Everybody was getting along. I walked the streets, man, and, and I felt right. good, man. I I'm serious, bro. I love L.A., man. But uh, this music thing, uh, see, that uh, Isaac Hayes and my, what my man Jay was talking about, Teddy Pendergrass and Lou Rawls, they were singing in 528 hertz, man. That's the love tone, man, of the earth. And so that's 528 hertz. And, and see, what they did in my lifetime, uh, when we grew up in the, in the 60s and 70s, that was all love music, right? Love tone. Yeah. So yep. what, what they did, what they did, what I saw, brother, in 1978, man, I was on the dance floor, and all of a sudden, these the women start just turning their back to the brothers, man. So I looked up the tones and stuff. And I tell you the song, what did it, man? It was Houdini, Wicky, Wicky, Wicky. <laughs> if you listen to that song, you ain't gonna feel good, man. I'm serious, man. That's real talk, bro. Okay. That's, the, that's when they dropped the dropped the hurts. So, so the hurts, man, hurts, got you. Man. Got you all discombobulated and, and, and engaging up, in self hatred and shit. No, I'm you know yeah, I'm man. not uh, uh, research West. I'm not making a joke. I understand mm-hmm. this. This is a fact. Yes, sir. You know this yes, is sir. a fact. They talked about how we can get this music, what you listen to, and get you to feeling a certain kind of way, as opposed to That's feeling right. the way that you are inspired, the way that you can meditate, mm-hmm. the way that you can reflect and, and rationalize and so forth. Mm-hmm. I got you feeling angry. I got you feeling like, yes, you know, sir. yeah, I got you, brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they flipped all the talk, even in the, in the gospel music, man. If you listen to some of this new Jack gospel music, new Jack you, gospel. you be want to fight, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's so new, new Jack, Jack man, gospel. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy crap, man. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? It's all jacked up, man, the music-wise. So once I figured it out, and y'all try to listen to music with 528 hertz, man, mm-hmm. that make you feel good, the music we grew up on, man. Right on. Because you right in the... Uh, in 1995, they had uh, the record companies, they had a meeting and said they're going to turn hip-hop to rap, man. Mm-hmm. That's when they put all this filth in the music, man. Oh, yeah, plus, my man, Dr. Drake been in uh, a $20 million school out there, man, in L.A. You, you yeah, know that, right, Mr. Jeff? Yeah, at USC. Right. Uh, plus, he, he built another school in the hood, too, man, in Compton. He built a $20 million school. For the for the uh, uh, children in the hood, man. I love L.A. And who you think gonna be the mayor, man? I don't do that vote. That Karen Bass or the other guy, man. So I love L.A., man. I did my research. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, Karen Bass is a soldier, uh, as we call our people that are service peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And she's in that from her days. As, I believe she was a nurse. Uh, and so I've worked with her since 1992. Okay. Uh, the problem is, in L.A., there was a truce back in the early 60s when we started having black politicians that the black communities will always be represented by black a black person. And then we had Mr. Kenneth Hahn come in, who was he was already the mayor, I believe, he started working really well with trying to support our communities. Uh, so what's going on is all that stuff kind of stayed in place. But Karen 
we can't have, and I'm, this is not personal, well, maybe it is, we don't need no white man telling us what to do in our communities where our communities ain't never been this bad since I was a youngster. Mm. We're, mm-hmm. Our communities have gotten, since the gangs were able to be able to run drugs and stuff that was brought here for them to do so, and all the murder. We ain't never been like that before. So if we let a white man come back in that's a real estate right. developer, we already got real estate price increasing problems. We don't need, he ain't built no shelters. Mm-hmm. He don't have no that's community right. center for the people. He ain't got none of that. I'm just hoping that the community steps up and don't go for, because I've seen some Snoop Dogg did a commercial yeah, with this yeah. white man. I'm like, right. Snoop Dogg, nigga, what is you doing? Man, you Snoop know, but selling what out, can I man. Say? <laughs> I'm just hoping that out. Snoop Dogg don't have enough weight to sort enough weight uh, to sway mm-hmm. the people on the streets and in the community that don't have the money that he has. Mm-hmm. I hope he's not right. able to persuade them to vote for that white man. That's yeah. that's my story. Man, that's deep. Ain't right it? on, brother. Right on, man. Yeah. I love LA, man. But uh, it's a fun time to be alive. Well, is that gonna be a part? All right. Thanks. Uh, uh, anyway. Look- Anyway, OSHA, I wish y'all let somebody else talk. All right. Thanks. Man. You hey, too, brother. We All right. Thanks for calling in, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir, my brother. All right. Yeah. Hit me up when you get to L.A. again. <laughs> uh, I sure will, my brother. Just, just let me know, man. I'll give, you the, I'll give you the information, okay, Research West? All right, brother. Right. Yeah. 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Or here, those in the... Yes, oh, sir, yeah. brother okay. Yes, go ahead. Hey, Doctor. Hey, realize and, <laughs> Dr. and I think a lot of people are listening. I called about a dozen people who are on on your line. Yes, I see that. We I just realized all you got to do is hit start twice and come right on. I was I was waiting on you to call on me. This is Bruce Bridges. <laughs> oh yeah, I know who it is, Doc. This is Doctor Bruce Bridges yeah, on the okay. line, and you talking I just with? Realized, and I just text another brother. He said, "Yeah, I didn't know that either. Just hit start twice, okay. but we were waiting on you to call on us." But anyway, uh, you still going off today at one o'clock because y'all didn't hit on so much stuff. I can no, talk no, about, we're going to extend it. No, we're going to extend the program. Uh, uh, you know, and if it's okay with you, brother Gerald, you know, a little bit more time. I'm, I'm here to be of service. I'm uh, I'm not here to just be on the radio show. I have information that uh, our people want to talk about and hear and thank God to EOC for, like, not forgetting one of the biggest uh, concerts, in the, especially in yeah. L.A., but I know it was all over for yeah. that event. 100,000 people? Like it did. 100,000 <laughs> people, people. And they said we couldn't come together without killing and shooting right. and fighting. We didn't have one fight. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing this, brother. I'm glad you extended too, brother Osha, because y'all hit y'all hit on Black August Marcus Garvey, That's the right. gangs in L.A. That's right. Black family. You've hit on so much that a person could talk about. And I say, wow. I'm glad you extended a little bit. <laughs> yes. But um, and I'm also glad the brother's talking about Watchstack, uh, because because like I said, uh, I'm gonna give some other people a chance. But one thing I do like about the whole idea of stacks and the history of stacks coming from down in Memphis, Tennessee, and with the black artists and the black artists who had that grit and that soul. And I'm glad Stack being put out there because, as the brother said earlier, if you just follow the mainstream media and television, you will think that there's no other record company but Motown. Mm -hmm. But that is not true. But there's a reason that's being done, too, which we could get into a little later. But you not only... Got stacks, of course, but you had Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff up in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were doing really. some. 
But Stax was doing it earlier, but you, there's a reason you never see any Stax artists or Stax program on television or any of the uh, Kenny Gamaliel Huff feel international because of the consciousness that they had in their music. You don't see it. But they push Motown because it's lightweight and acceptable by everybody and devoid uh, 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 of its blackness. The blackness is gone. So anyway, uh, like I said, uh, to those who are tuned in, hit star twice, and y'all can talk too. I didn't know that. All uh, right. And uh, Stacks also were started by two white people. I'm sure you all probably talked about it. You probably know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, all right. But 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 they, but they got the black artists out of the ghettos. Uh, uh, and 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 they became stars in stacks. But music has always been political. Music is very very political, and um, we noticed that music uh, uh, even today, it, as the brother was saying about the gangs and what they say about the brothers and and the way they talk about the sisters in the music. That's all by design to put a certain kind mm-hmm. of thinking into the heads of black people, and that's really what they want to do. Right. Well, I, if I can say a quick comment, I remember when Donald Trump was president, Kanye West went to the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kanye West went to the White House and said on, and it was streamed on the news. Told Donald Trump that they that his generation created the new uh, era where they could say and do anything they wanted to do, and he started cursing right in the White House, mm. and nobody oh, uh, said anything. Mm. T- Kanye West did. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said that because of the women start in the 60s. If a black woman called another black woman a B, mm-hmm. she'd have got jumped on. Mm-hmm. Today, the the ones that are making all the money for music, that's all they call themselves is mm-hmm. B. Yeah, I'm a B, I'm a B, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a, a you know, I'm like, get out of here. Right, and, but uh, they, they, they turn some of those things around as if they were terms of endearment. Girl, you ain't never, exactly, your, you know, exactly, it's crazy. Exactly. Oh, nigga, please, this, that, and the other. It, it is, it's degrading. It, it really is. Well, it's all by design for us. Yeah, it's by design. All by design. the sisters out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They don't the, have the respect design. for sisters anymore. Right. Exactly. Designed by the music. Because when you go back and you even look at Motown, look at look at look at the way the Motown artists dressed and looked at the way the stacks. Since we're talking about white stacks, stacks right. was down to earth, regular everyday people. They didn't wear all them wigs and all them gowns. Carl right, Thomas. Right. You see, we got you got to really analyze this thing and 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 look at it. They they wore them wigs and them elegant <laughs> looking gowns with the sparkles on them. Yeah. But Carl Thomas was just a regular Howard yep. University student. And yeah. Sam and Dave, you know, yeah. stay off the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. so, and, and so it is political. Everything in America, as H. Rap Brown said, since we're talking about political prisoners, too, as yep. H. Rap Brown said, everything in America, no matter what it is, it is political. political. Right. Yep, sure is. So yeah. I got another caller here. I'm still here. on, Brother Ocean. I'm just okay. listening. I'm talking. Oh, you bet. Just hear Star twice, okay, Doc? Uh, go ahead. Uh, Downey, California, Rashid. Carl, good afternoon. Oh, that's my brother from another mother. Is that right? <laughs> yes, this is Rashid Carl, Donnie, California. Go ahead. Maybe put himself on hold because I, I had him on hold, but I took him off. You hear me now? Yeah, we, hear me uh, now? we got you. We got you, my brother. Good afternoon. Okay, good deal. 
Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Yeah. Right on. I wanted I wanted to thank you, Gerald Thompson, for all the community work you've done since then, and and continue to do, and you motivated me to to get get my boots on the ground and and you know and keep this work, you know keep this work first and foremost in my life. You know, right on. I, you know I'm purpose driven to the third power as you right are. On. We cut from we cut from the same branch, you know, and we 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 gonna keep this. The, you know, I, we got to keep education going on. It's about education. Mm-hmm. You yes, know, sir. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about educating the, the youth. And like you say, they lost in space. But 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 guess what? We astronauts, and we're going to keep the ball rolling and keep these boots on the ground. <laughs> I love it. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. Right you know? I was just looking at our picture that we took at, at the Juneteenth when we were in the oh, park yeah. together. I was yes, just sir. looking at that picture, man. I, I love you, my brother. I'm so <laughs> glad you, you were too, able to, to call in, man. Uh, oh, yeah. How's your oh, back yeah. doing, if I could just make this personal for a minute? Oh, yeah. I know I'm doing better. Uh, I had a rotator cup and a torn bicep, and I'm mm. working on that now. So, you know, life life is in session, and, and you know, and we I'm still on the grind. Right on. One day at a time. One day at a time. That's what I say. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, Thank sir. you, One my day brother. Thank you for listening. I'm going to just put you on hold. If you want to get back in, okay, hit star twice. You, you bet. Yes, no, appreciate hey, you. I don't know, Brother Carl. Yeah. That's my, man, that brother, he talking about me. He's, he helped me change my life. He showed me a walk. He got sober before I did. Right on. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I love that brother, yeah. man. Anyway. <laughs> it's important, man. It's important yeah. to go through these trials and tribulations. It's what, it, makes what, it makes you who you are. And it gives you the kind of sensitivity and understanding and compassion, you know, for, for others, man. I mean, that's, that's, how I, that's how I grew up as well, you know. Brothers and sisters, we got still so many in the queue. If you want to say something, any comments, questions, or concerns, hit star twice or dial 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. It's, it is uh, almost 1 o'clock or, uh, you know, 10 o'clock. Good morning, now, Brother Ushi. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, wonderful, my brother. This was a memorable uh, occasion. Enjoyed uh, this one. I was 22 years old when Watts that uh, <laughs> had. Yeah. I was living in New York City, <laughs> and I remember uh, so much of that. I remember the, the brother, Rance Allen. I had never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could have played that because I like that thing lying on the truth. I'm gonna tell it like yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but listen, I wanted to say to you, you you had asked me to uh, do the program, carry on your, on your program for yeah. Monday. Yes. And I just wanted to tell some of the brothers because I know Brother Bridges, Doctor Bridges, had somebody who's a museologist was on there. They wanted to talk about some of that. Okay. So I, you know, I, I I will commit to to carry the conversation on. Oh, excellent. Um, on Monday, if you, if you like, if that's the way you want to, might want to go with that. Let's do it, Doc. This is the, okay. for the, those who are listening. This is Dr. William Rogers, uh, Black Reality Think Tank, every Tuesday from eight to ten Eastern Time, eight to ten Eastern Time, here on Time for an Awakening Radio. Uh, me and Doc, we go way back. I'm talking about yes, over 27 yes, years back, back in, in Milwaukee. Hey, we, don't go, don't go too far back. <laughs> <laughs> I, know that, I know that's right, and um, and brother brother Thompson, man, that that was powerful. Not only just the role that you played in the Watchstacks, but even your comments today, uh, talking about that gentrification, it was so amazing. Because I was talking about that today too with someone, 
and I was explaining that, that there's two types of gentrification that took place in our neighborhood. There's that physical one, and then there was that intellectual one mm. when they came in there and made us change our ideas about what a community is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yep. Let's not forget that one too. That's a real critical. Mm-hmm. So, that's, wow, that's a good point, brother. That's a good point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's an intellectual gentrification that took place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's an easy way to get us. That's right. Easy, very easy, mm-hmm. very easy. Yeah. So, Doctor Doctor so, Bridges, yeah. Doctor Bridges, you want to add something? Doctor Bridges. Looks like he's still on. Okay. Yeah, he's still he's still on. But I thought he had. I'm, I'm here. Okay. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so, Doc, you're going to be on Monday for uh, for Brother Oshie? Yes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna still continue this conversation. I um, think that'll be a, a good idea because uh, it's it's so much to talk about when you start talking about stacks and the whole yes. stacks review. And Brother Oshie made a good point, which I didn't know. I was thinking that everything took place right out in Watts, but some of those people were somewhere, like you said, the dramatics were in another part of the world, yeah. and they just. Sh- you know, I guess right. they satellited them in. Mm-hmm. But I thought that all those people were in, in uh, 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 Watts at that time. Brother Thompson, is that right, or they weren't all there? No, they weren't in Watts. They were in L.A. Watts is a suburb, well, right. is, yeah, of L.A. L.A. is so huge, as you know. L.A. County is as large as some states. And so when you hear somebody say L.A., and me and Brother she was talking about mm-hmm. that earlier, where he was explaining Atlanta uh, to me. When the, when you say L.A., that could be a, a hundred miles from each other. You might hear a fire, an earthquake, a flood. That'll be a hundred miles from where we say. Mm-hmm. Hundred miles, okay. but we are in L.A., so yeah. you never know what's really going on here. The Los Angeles Coliseum is where the 1936 Olympics were were held mm-hmm. when Jesse Orange won, uh, won the hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the Watts. That concert was held. And another good point you made too, Brother Thompson, and that is, uh, and I noticed it from uh, watching the DVD, uh, uh, all that action going on and no fighting, no shooting, nothing. No. I was, you know, people looking in through the fence, and even uh, when 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 uh, uh, Doctor Rogers, one of Doctor Rogers' favorites, uh, Rufus Thomas, who, <laughs> yeah, Rufus, oh, yeah. that's your Rufus favorite doc. <laughs> As a DJ for Stax, I think he was a DJ for Stax, I believe, before he even started singing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a DJ for Stax before he even started singing. And another thing, too, about Stax, and that is Al Bell, who you don't hear much yeah. about, he really pushed Stax ahead a great deal. Now, those white mm-hmm. folks, uh, 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 James, uh, James uh, Stewart, and Estelle Axton, who was James Stewart's sister, where they get the word Stacks from Stewart, S-T, and Stacks from her oh. last name, Axton, they put it together for Stacks. That's how they okay. came up with Stacks. But they they started Stacks Record Company, but as usual, using the resources of the ex-slave in this country to make money. And oh. it became a great company based, mm-hmm. on, based, based, based yeah. on that, you see. Yeah. Wow. Because they had a, a they had a hell of a lineup. They had the hottest people at that very moment of Isaac Hayes, Luther yeah. Ingram, the Bar K's. They had the hottest people 
even you know. And then I'm, I forgot, and I said, wasn't wasn't Booker T with the with the with yeah. Stacks, uh, Ocean? Yeah, Booker T. Yep, Booker T and the MGs, and as well right. as uh, uh, um um uh what's it called? I believe he was um sitting, on the, dock of, sitting on the dock of the bay. Uh, Otis Redding. I believe he, I believe he was. But um, oh, Otis, oh, as a matter of fact, Otis was the king of stacks, probably. Yeah, yeah he was the king of stacks records. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So, think of it. Now wonder why. Now wonder why Otis. I just thought about it. Otis wasn't on, on why stacks was the brother Tom. No, oh no, he was already no. passed. He had passed already. He yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Right, they right. They had they they had killed yeah. Otis. Right, that's yeah. another story too. We could talk about maybe getting to that on Monday. But yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, Otis had become into a, a tremendous amount of consciousness and was about to go into the nation of Islam, according to him. Oh, wow. And and and, and you know, last last uh, what about three weeks ago, we lost mm-hmm. William Hart of the Philadelphia right. Sound, uh, the Delphonic. Right, the Delphonic. And mm-hmm. uh, Del the Del and and a lot of people don't know it, but uh, 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 William Hart. For many, many years, was a Muslim in Temple Number Twelve in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania under Jeremiah Shabazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. William Hart also is the person who took Joe Tex to Elijah Muhammad and turned yes. Joe Tex on to Islam, mm-hmm. and Joe Tex mm-hmm. became a Muslim. That's right. And started speaking out for black people, yes. which goes back to something you said too, Brother Osha, a few weeks yeah. ago on your show. And that is uh, uh, the difference, in, uh, it might have been Dr. Rogers' show, but the difference in a lot of these entertainers is that, uh, which made Muhammad Ali different. Oh, we're talking to black athlete. One thing that made Muhammad Ali different from a lot of the other athletes is he was around Malcolm X, and he had somebody whispering, as you said, Brother Osha, mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. ear, this consciousness, and that's what happened with uh, with uh, 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 Joe Tex through William Hart of the Delphonics, mm-hmm. and uh, then did he, you know, he, he just got turned on to, to, to Islam and started speaking out for his people, you see. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. So, you know. Uh, uh, Brother t- Thompson, I don't know if you, you've got a busy schedule on Monday, man, but I would love to have you come on and if you could, and uh, let's finish this up. <laughs> I uh, probably, uh, I probably could, depends on the time. Uh, right now, it looks like I'm good. Uh, we talking the same time. Same time. Same time. I might same. be. Able, I, I can probably. Uh, all right, too. First of all, I'm so glad to be talking to my family across the country. Yes. Because uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm hearing stuff about stats, of course, that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still hustling and stuff in the streets, so that wasn't <laughs> that important until they asked me to be of service for the community. Then I jumped on board. Right so. on. Good. All right, right on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would definitely, when we get through today, uh, hopefully, I guess we're going to, I can probably get out, out of here in a minute. Uh, and what I'll do, what I'll do, Gerald, is I'll call you back and I'll give you the information of, of Dr. Rogers. I'll give you Dr. Rogers right. and, of course, everything Thank else. Thank you. Oh, no doubt. No yes, doubt. sir. I'll hook it up. Yeah. It's my honor, yeah. brothers. It's my honor. Yeah. I appreciate you. Okay. okay, brothers, and I'll and I'll be back on again too, uh, uh, brother, brother Oshie, uh, on, Thank on you. Monday. That, that, that Thank you, Doctor Bridges. Too, yeah. Thank you, Doctor Bridges. Appreciate it. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. else? A uh, hit star twice because we're going to wrap up right now. Let these guys go. We're going to hit star twice. Anybody else, brother? Anybody else? Hit star twice. Hit star twice. Wait a minute. Let me see if Mama Nabantu. Mama Nabantu, you got anything you want to say? Uh. 
all I gotta say is come on to the Collar Green Festival down here in Lithonia at the Amphitheater on September 25th. It's a Sunday. September 25th, the Collar Greens Festival. You gonna have Collar Green ice cream? Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and listen, Mama Nabantu, once again, this past uh, uh, Wednesday for Malcolm, uh, for um, Dr. Marcus Garvey's birthday, thank you for that, you know, that we're oh, Africans. No I appreciate, I really do appreciate that. All right, Mama Nabantu, okay. thank you. All right. All right. Brother Jay, Jay, you got anything else you want to say? Brother Jay, you got anything else you want to say? I guess not. All right, family, we're going to go ahead and, and close the program. And I want to thank everybody who has called in. It's the most callers. Hey, 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 Doc Rogers, I feel like you, I feel like you, man. I got all these callers in. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is about 20 some callers. A lot man. of the same folks. Same yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Dr. Bridges yeah, and so forth. Brother Jay was still hanging yep. Brother Jay, be sure to come on here Monday. All oh, right? yeah. Okay, Jay, you're going to come on Monday, man. All right. Jay, you got anything you want to say, man? Yeah, and, and, and Brother Osher, too. Uh, uh, I just want to make an announcement to uh, all the people who are tuned in who I uh, text and call today. I guess about two. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And on Monday also because uh, we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation on Stacks again on Monday. So, right on. Uh, Brother Salam, if you're out there, Adrian Neely, Tim McIver, I uh, hope you're out there, Johnny Wright, some of the other, Sister Wahida from Washington, D.C., and some of the people that I called, uh, you know, be sure to tune in on Monday, Brother Oshie. Right on. Thanks a lot, Dr. Bridges. Dr. Bruce Bridges. Uh, I want to give this last word to, to, my, to my guest, Brother Gerald Thompson. I just want to thank you. Uh, when Brother Brent Burton, because uh, I'm, you know, I'm a firefighter, he's a firefighter, we have this training program, and, and I'm, I know I was probably talking about stacks, and he said, well, I know somebody who was in it, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then he told me who it was, and of course I knew who it was, because I knew the brother with the hat, with the white brim, you know. <laughs> I knew that, you know, because, I mean, like I said, I've, I've shared this with so many people over the many years. In fact, I'm going to call my nephew. He loved it. He shared it with a number of people. I wish I got a, got a hold of him earlier. So, but anyway, uh, any last words that you would like to impart, brother, before we uh, close this program? Uh, first of all, thanks again for thinking about us, uh, that uh, participated and that was willing to participate. And then all the people that were there that showed nothing but respect for the event and what it stood for. And then thank you for thinking about me as uh, I'm still here, right and still willing and yes. still being a service to my community. Yes. I have no, I don't know how to do anything else anymore mm-hmm. but do this it's my anointing and i accept it right on. Uh, and i'm glad to hear your, your followers and colleagues that uh tune in this is a international thing yes and it's like a beautiful thing for me because i'm from la and i haven't traveled that much mm-hmm. and to hear all of you brothers uh, in for the cause and making sure that we stay as a people on the front line of what we do and making sure we're continuing to pass the word on to our younger brothers and sisters. And so with that, I appreciate you. I love you. I look forward to uh, talking with you, all of you again. And may God continue to bless you and your families. I say. Thank you, Brother Joe Thompson. Yes, sir. Right on. All right. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. 
The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful weekend on this Wattstack weekend. That's, that's right. It was 50 years ago tomorrow on a Sunday that it happened, and I'm glad that it, and it's a beautiful thing. So, brothers and sisters, be safe, be careful out there. Shimhotep. Shimhotep means go in peace. A sante sana means thank you. A bivivahodie. Bivivahodie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You take care, family. What's up, Kwaku? <laughs> peace, family. All right. Peace. Peace.